ever since I watched it, I'm like, I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. She's gone. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Subtitles On or Off. I'm Bailey. And I'm Jess. And this is a fun place to talk about TV shows and movies. And this week we are so excited to do a full spoiler review on Stranger Things. It just dropped. Well, the first part of this season just dropped. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But we're going to talk about what we're watching this week. Yes, we are. And this is our first like remote recording because I'm out of town. Ooh, okay. We're so I fancy. Know. We're like getting fancy in here. Okay, Who's so traveling? I haven't really I haven't really been watching much because I am traveling. So I've dedicated like my whole time just to watching season four of Stranger Things. As you said. I mean, what else is there to watch? Like Yeah, like priorities. I was on a, Yeah, like I was on a clock. Like we had to get this done. Yeah. And it was the best time ever. So, but I know that you've had a little more time. So what are you watching, Jess? Okay. So I did watch the documentary, Our Father, um, that dropped on Netflix, I think last week. And it was good. It was interesting. I've listened to a podcast on the same case. Um, so it's like a true crime case about this doctor, a fertility doctor that in like unknowingly, or he knew, but like the patients did not know that he was implanting his own semen in during fertility treatments oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah and like a lot of what I've heard about this case before kind of framed it as like oh he you know because this is back in like the 70s and so they really wanted results and so if he thought that like the father was infertile or if he if they didn't have a sperm donor or whatever like he just kind of did it to get results but it was really weird because there were also cases where he would use his own semen when, like, the father was also providing a sample and, like, was right there. And so it was just – it was really bad. And the women were obviously, like, completely violated. Um, and, like, the children had no idea that their dad wasn't their dad. And it was horrible. And then it begs the question of, like, well, they all went to see the same fertility doctor – and they all live within like a 30 mile radius of each other, but they don't even know that they have like 50 siblings out there and they could potentially be like dating or marrying their sibling and not know. Like it was crazy. <laughs> oh my God. This is very like Handmaid's Tale of right. like the doctor just doing it. Like, whoa. So like I've heard about this documentary, but I had no idea the context of it. Yeah. that's. And what now that you say that, I'm just like, <laughs> the fuck <laughs> it's insane yeah and and of course like as soon as everything comes out he's like i'm a christian i like this would ruin marriage this is ruined like my position as an elder in the church and it's like bro you like disgustingly violated hundreds of women like you're disgusting oh it was crazy my god yeah so like is this guy still alive like in jail yeah, I think he's still alive, and I think that he's out of jail. Okay. Out, oh, my God, out of jail. Of course he is. Yeah, right. America. So I watched that, and then I watched Total Vibe Check. I watched Heartstopper. <laughs> yes! Yes, 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 yes! I know. You were so excited for me to watch it. And you were right. I benched it in one night. It was very Absolutely. quick. Four hours. One and done. You're Absolutely. Good. Yeah. So, thoughts? 
I I mean it was so cute like it was so good I just I realized I think I was like honestly from the first episode but a few episodes in I just had this you know moment where I realized I had been sitting there with a smile on my face the whole time <laughs> did you just have like butterflies the whole time yes like, from the first episode like butterflies all over my body I like couldn't contain it yeah, it was really cute, really sweet, really heartfelt, and really innocent, which I really enjoyed. I thought it would be more like sex education vibes, which I really enjoy that show, but um, yeah. this was very different. And then I know that you had told me that it was based on a comic book. Mm -hmm. And so kind of knowing that going into it, I was picking up on all the clues of like the little animated hearts and butterflies and all the wispies that made it so cute yeah and like the little split screens like they kind of did screens yeah. uh like the editing of uh like in comic books how you have the different like boxes and stuff yeah yeah I really enjoyed that and then the music I just want to shout out the music <gasps> I literally I loved it I would be sitting there and I was like I love this song and I would just go shazam it and save it on Spotify like immediately yeah. and I have about eight or ten songs from that show that I really like Jess, they have a Spotify playlist. It's called oh. like Heart. It has. It's called Heartstopper Remix. And yes, I have it saved. If you're wondering, I need it. I'm gonna go save it right now. Yes, it's so cute. It's so funny that you say that because when I was watching it with Fallon, our producer, she yes. was like sitting there and she was like, "Not a fan of this soundtrack." And I was like, "Can't relate at all." Can't like I love all. it. The soundtrack is so good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So like when I was doing like research kind of about this show like I saw that they used a lot of LGBTQ plus members like artists in the like for their soundtrack on the soundtrack yeah That's really cool. so like a lot of the songs are like not well-known artists and like part of the queer community so I thought that was really cool and they also had like on the show like while filming they had a LGBTQ plus like specialists, like someone who kind of dedicates their work in that community on set the whole time while recording to make sure that everything was like legitimate and like, yes, this is how it is and this is how they feel and this is a good way to portray this and just to make it the most authentic storytelling. And I thought that that just, it kind of made all the difference in the show and like, I'm straight, you're straight. And like, it was just still so like, while I was watching it and like seeing specific moments, like when Nick was Googling, like, am I gay? Like, yeah. like I personally can't relate to that. You can't relate to that. But I knew watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is going to change someone's life. Like so many people are going to wow. be able to relate to this. And like, I thought about my brother during it. And then when I got him to watch it, he texted me on that episode. And he was like, oh my God, I literally remember when I Googled, am I gay? Oh my God. And he was like, and then cleared my history, cleared search browser, like all that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought about when I saw that scene. I'm like, I bet this is going to change so many people's lives and make them just feel like they're not the only one thinking this and going through this. For sure. Yeah. And like you said, like I am straight and like we are straight and cisgendered. But from what I do know about, you know, the journey of exploring your sexuality and things like that, like I love the way that they portrayed it. I love like, you know, we got to watch him struggle, but also find so much joy in, you know, coming to 
love and accept the relationship that he had with Charlie. And like, it was the cutest, sweetest thing. And then Charlie was also so accepting of like, I get it. You're not ready yet. And then like, they wanted to kiss in the arcade. And he was like, I really want to kiss like, you right yeah, now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so cute. I know. And Charlie was like, you don't have to. And Nick was like, I want to. And I'm what? like, yeah, you do. <laughs> they were so cute. I know. And I also thought it was so interesting because like, Although, like, there is not enough representation of the LGBTQ plus community at all, but we have seen some stories about it. You know, like, we have seen, like, struggles of coming out and gay characters and all this, but, like, I don't think we've seen enough of bisexual men and kind of what they go through. Like, bisexual boys, even. Like, when he's, like, 15. Yeah. And... It was just so interesting watching that because up until he met Charlie, he was like, I like girls. Yeah. And then he started having feelings for a boy and he was like, what does this mean? And that's why, like, when he Googled, like, am I gay? And, like, he got, like, what, like an 89%, like a 67% or whatever, which, of course, you can't really trust that. But still, it was like, he's like, I do like girls. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Right. And then when he found that video of like the bisexual like vlogger kind of talking about it and he was like basically explaining like you can like both and it's completely normal. And I guess I you know cuz like I know a lot of bisexual women and girls and I f- like I don't want to say it's easier for girls but I feel like in some way it probably is of like maybe not easier but maybe a little bit more accepted. Like yeah. Where I feel yeah, where I feel like for men they just don't show bisexual male characters which i thought was really cool that they showed like nick's journey of like kind of researching trying to figure it out where do i find these answers and then finding like a youtuber that is sharing their journey and like i don't know i feel like that's a very real life experience for teens these days and like it's you know something that we're seeing more of so i thought it was cool that they incorporated like social media and things like that that are very influential right now it was very like modern it was very modern i love that all the messaging was done on instagram yeah i noticed that too i was like you guys haven't to this number yet but okay it was so good well i for me i know (laughs) well it kind of makes me think that like since it's like in the uk and i wonder if like because i don't we don't live there like i wonder if they use like social media more of like a messaging platform because if they have friends that live out of the country you can't really text your friends out of the country you know yeah or I mean I don't know but or they could have done it just to make it a little more relatable to like all over the world kind of a thing I don't know but it was really cute and I love that like Nick not only was struggling with coming out, but his main thing wasn't really like, I don't know if I'm ready to come out. It was more like, I don't know what to come out as. Yeah. And like, that's really what he was struggling with of like, I don't know what I am. So I can't really come out as anything. Yeah. And then when he kind of figured it out and when he saw that he could be losing Charlie because Charlie's just a cute little anxiety ridden boy. And then he was just like, kind of was just like ready and I'm like this is the cutest thing I've ever yeah. seen in my life I loved the the juxtaposition of like him doing all this research and like am I gay 67% like all this stuff and then he just goes and like watches Pirates of the Caribbean with his mom and he's like yeah both I'm here for it <laughs> I saw this tweet once that said uh, uh like Nick 
watching Pirates of the Caribbean to realize he was gay because his sexual awakenings were both Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom. Like, I yeah. can relate. And I'm like, that is so fucking funny. Like, so good. <laughs> so good. But yes, I'm so glad you watched it. it yeah, it was really cute. And I was I was remembering what you were saying about how, like, the side characters weren't as prominent in the comics. So it was, like, yeah. all the friends, right? Yeah. I really enjoyed them, their personalities and their storylines. So, I like, I'm so excited for another season. Yeah. Two more seasons. Yay! I know, yeah. Because, like I said, I, I read the comics. And it's really just centered around Nick and Charlie. And you kind of just see... That there are other characters, but you don't get a like deep dive into what they're going through. So I really like the show in that aspect that you got to learn more about Tao and L. And I hope we get to learn more about Isaac, because I really like Isaac as a character. Yeah, I feel like he was barely in it. It was it was a lot of Tao and L. And then I also really liked um the lesbian couple from the girls' school. I oh, like yes. Tara and Darcy. Tara and Darcy. Yeah, I love them. I I read that I believe that Isaac is going to be pansexual. Like, I've been seeing theories that he could be either, like, pansexual or asexual. Like, I'm not sure which one. But, like, I feel like either way it could go. It'd be, it would be a really interesting storyline within yeah. that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where his story goes. Like, I feel like we got just enough for us to like him as a person and as a character, but not enough for us to know like anything about him. So right. hopefully he has a little bit more of a journey and a storyline in the next season. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. I'm excited. But can we like get into like the main course here? Get into it. Cause I am literally so excited. I've been like, so I finished the last episode literally or the last two episodes like today, like maybe today, like, five hours ago. And I'm just like, ever since I watched it, I'm like, I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. Same. I was like briefly talking about it with my coworkers today and they were like, did anybody watch Stranger Things? I was like, babe, I finished it. And they yeah. were like, cool, me too. And then everybody else in the room was like, no, 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 I'm not done yet. And I was like, oh, oh. my God, we can't discuss. You're like, come on. I know I went to get dinner with my family like 30 minutes after I finished it. So I was on a straight high. And the um, our waiter, I was, t I was telling my family like, yeah, I just finished Stranger Things. And he comes up and he's like, did you watch Stranger Things season four? And I'm like, yeah, just finished it. Have you? And he's like, no, but I hear it's really good. And I'm like, literally best season. Or he was like, I hear it's the best season of the show. And I was like, best season of like a show that I've seen in a really long time. Like, yeah. it was so good. I was like, you need to watch it right now. He's like, okay, I'm going to go home and watch it. And I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. So should we start? Let's start at the beginning. So season three, we left off and then. You know, L and Will, Will, yeah, and you know Joyce and everybody. So they so they moved to California. They're like running away from everything that they left in Hawkins. And then at the end of season three, we see that Hop died, mm -hmm. and then we also see Hop in the trailer for season four. So that like wasn't a secret for very long. Thanks, Netflix. Yeah. Well, like at the I feel like at the end of season three, they gave a little teaser that he was like shoveling snow in Russia or something. Maybe Didn't a little they? hint. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was the trailer, but it kind of... It no, kind of, I think it was, like, kind of a... I don't think it was an in-credit scene, but I think it was, like, an ending of season three of, like, no, he's still he's still around kind of a thing. Went through the portal or whatever to Russia or, or mm. whatnot. But, yeah, and then we got the Hawkins crew. We still got, like, Lucas and Dustin. 
and Max. Yeah, Billy died season three. Right. So Max is really going through it this year. Um, Nancy and Jonathan are long distance. Jonathan moved to, to California. Um, and we also got some new characters this season. We did. Which has been fun. So, like, in California, like, Jonathan's, like, bestie Argyle. I love him. <laughs> I love him, too. I love him so much. I was like, this is what, he is what this show needed. Not, like, not just his character, but also, like, a friend for Jonathan. A friend for Jonathan to get high with. And then, yes. like, the, the comic relief of it all was so good. I feel like the comedy in this season was top tier. Like, it oh, was funny. I laughed so loud. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> Like, so many times, like, Argyle, Dustin gets me every time, like. Dustin and Steve, like, are you Dustin kidding me? so good. Okay, so, like, I don't know if we, should we just dive in? Who's your favorite character? Like, who's your favorite? Because I think mine's Dustin. I don't know. That might be a bold statement, but I think it's Dustin. I, I love think, him. I think my favorite character is Steve Harrington. Gotta be. I Easy. mean, Hawkins Heartbreak, like. I just love him. Like. You know, season one, not so much. But, like, two, three, four, Steve Harrington stand all the way. Like, that man is so I love funny. That every time it comes down to it, he's stuck with the kids. And he's like, I'm not babysitting. <laughs> and then, before you know it, Steve's having the time of his life, shooting the shit with Dustin. Like, yeah. he loves it. I know. I know. We'll get more into it. But, like, the scene when they split off into groups and Steve got stuck with Dustin and he, like, did a sigh. And Dustin was like, what was that? And he's like, what? He's like, you literally just sighed. And he's like, no, man. I mean, it's just like we're always paired together. It's, like, annoyed. And he's just like, what? And they're just, like, start bantering going up the stairs. Yeah. And I'm like, iconic. I was like, you guys are the best. So good. Okay. So, I guess, like, like where should we start? So, we start off with like so Elle's getting bullied. Oh my in gosh. Okay. School. For some reason, I was like on episode one or two, and I was like, this is like this is really sad. I was like, this is really getting to me. Like, this is too much bullying. Like, this show is really like this season is not it. I was like really sad. And then, you know, before we know it, the show gets <laughs> so much darker and so much worse, which I should have expected. But the bullying in the beginning, I just wasn't ready for. Um and then, like, we see Elle, like, try to use her powers, and she can't. And mm -hmm. then she's, like, lying to Mike to try to make her life seem better. That part made me actually really sad. That was really um, sad. Yeah. Well, like, I kind of forgot that Elle didn't have her powers. Like, I forgot season three ended where she lost her powers. Yeah. And so in season four, when she, like, raised her hand to that chick, and I was like, I mean, I know we saw it in the trailer, kind of, that it didn't work situation. But so when I saw the scene in the trailer, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's about to blow this chick's head off. And then it didn't yeah. work. And I was like, oh, yeah, she doesn't have her powers. Yeah, it, it made me really sad, too. But I was like when she was writing Mike and like Mike was going to come down for spring break. I was so excited because like, I mean, I'm a Mike and L stand. Like, 100%. I they're so, them so hard. Yeah, I was so ready for them to like come back together. But honestly, from the very beginning, when he said from Mike. And you just see her face fall. Like, I knew that something was up. And I also just want to take a minute to, like, appreciate Millie Bobby Brown's acting in this season. Ooh, oh, Everyone did a fantastic job. But I think that she's she's literally on another level. Like, the scenes where it's just her face and, like, the scene in the skating rink when her and Mike are kind of having, like, a little tiff about everything. And she's, like, trying to 
not cry and then she's trying to smile and like make it okay but you just see all this emotion on her face like i felt it all right there with her like she has yeah. done a fantastic job she was so good this season it's ridiculous like you really i mean they've ha they have all been such good actors since they were children like from the beginning like yeah. i was explaining this to my brother who hasn't watched stranger things and i'm like it's gotten progressively better as the seasons go on. One, because the writing is really good. So the seasons are really good. I was like, but also they just grow as actors. They get better and better. Yeah. And she was phenomenal this season. Like, I agree. Like, every emotion, I was right there with her just, like, crying. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. So like, I guess, like. Later on when she's, like, in the, uh, the flashbacks and you see her, like, living through it as her you know, now teenage self. And then she looks in the mirror and it's her like eight-year-old self. Like that was a mind trip. And then also like testament to Sadie Sink because she also did a fantastic job this season. Like there was a yeah. lot of, of her that she was yeah. leading. And then, um, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Okay. So let's just like, I guess I'll talk about characters. So, like let's do, let's talk about Mike and Eleven right now. Okay. Because I just once want a season where they are together the whole time why can't it just be good why can't we have a good thing why do they insist on separating them two episodes in every single season like it killed me like i was so excited and then i really appreciated it broke my heart but i appreciated their like fight that they had oh it was like like mike worded it so right as in like it felt like such an a grown-up like fight you know wow. and it really was like and her acting and that was great his acting was great but yeah like you said like he writes everything from mike One and night. he can't say i love you and even in that conversation he didn't say it and couldn't say it and he was like i care so much for you and she was like but you don't love me, love me. and the other thing that i really enjoyed this season is like the growth that we saw from l that like just her grammar honestly <laughs> I know, but she. <laughs> I know, but she still has her moments where, like, I kind of forget that she doesn't know, like, really words that well, and she's yeah. like, "I'm not the same," and I'm just like, "What? Are, what are you saying?" Yeah, yeah. Which, again, to Millie Bobby Brown's like testament or whatever, like, she has done such a good job of, you know, creating that through line for the character in episode one when. Um, she was giving her presentation and like obviously got picked on and then will was like it wasn't that bad and she just says friends don't lie and it just it just Ooh, brought us right back into it back. it was yeah. so good yeah i know well like i'm just trying to figure out like where is will coming from or not will where is mike coming from when he's when she's like you never say it and he's like i say it and i'm like bitch when where yeah, when like and then I had the realization that he has never said it to her. Like, she heard him say it to Max and everybody else, but he has never looked at her and said, I love you. Yeah. Like, obviously, he feels it because he has said it and he has those feelings, but he's so scared to say it and obviously to write it. And, yeah, like, even in that fight, he still didn't say it. And then did you notice that – when she left and she wrote him the note, like I've gone off she to from super, L. she said from L and I was like, yes, bitch. But it like broke my heart because, and then you saw on his face, he just kept reading it and rereading it. Oh. And obviously staring at the from L thing. And yeah. 
it just broke my heart. And I'm like, why do they do this to me every season? It's so rough. But then we we also saw, I know you want to talk about Mike and Elle, but we also saw a disconnect between Mike and Will. Will was like, you called me, what, twice? Yeah. Like, that was hard to watch, too, because, yeah, they were best friends. And uh, let's talk about Will for a second. Will had a glow up. Like, I feel like he grew up the most. <laughs> Did he, though? Because he still has that bowl cut. And I know it's the 80s. Like, I'm aware. But still, I'm like, Finn Wolfar gets to have his normal hair, but you're going to give freaking Noah Schnapp the bowl cut? Like, yeah, not cool. It's not good. It's not cute. I- I'd like to blame it on Joyce, you know? Yeah. I know, like, even Jonathan looks semi-normal. I'm like, poor, just give Will a normal freaking haircut. I know. I saw a tweet that said, like, (laughs) it said that, like, his, his, it said that, like, he didn't get a haircut. He just, like, his head grew into the boy. (laughs) Back to Mike and Elle. So we see them, Elle writes the letter, and then... And then she's gone and we don't see any more Mike and Elle for the rest of the season. Well, like, honestly, so when she freaking broke that chick's nose with the roller skate, I was taken aback. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Girl. But then at the same time, I was like, yeah, that chick's a bitch. Like, fucking show her who's boss. Yeah. But then in the moment when, like, the police were there in the ambulance, I'm like, Elle's going to get arrested, obviously. Like, she freaking beat the shit out of a girl and then when nothing happened i was so confused so when when the cops finally showed up to arrest her i was like yeah checks out like yeah that I makes mean, sense honestly obviously that's like assault and really bad to like uh hit your bully like that but knowing what we know about l i honestly just saw like a scared little girl that's had to deal with so much and so much trauma and like has learned to fight violently and physically from a young age and like she obviously has grown a lot she tried to restrain herself until then but then like she just kind of snapped um so honestly it was just really sad because i i saw like the internal struggle but she didn't want to do that and then yeah she just kind of wailed on her yeah and then when she said the whole thing of like everyone thinks I'm a monster and was talking to Mike and was like, you looked at me like I was a monster, like the way you looked at me. And I do remember like watching that scene when he was like, what did you do? Like, why did you do that? And I'm like, Oh God, why? I see where this is going. Like it brought me back to that scene in uh, season one when she kind of flew Lucas off of Mike and Lucas got hurt and Mike started yelling at her. And that's when she ran away and I was like, no, my poor babies. Uh-huh. But yeah, so Elle then eventually went off with that. What was that that guy's name? Dr. Owens. Dr. Owens, yeah. To be a superhero again. And then she ended up finding seeing Papa again. Whew, which, right. am I wrong? I thought he died. No, he did not die because... I don't, I don't remember how I know this, but basically, like, I just remember having this theory that Pop is going to come back. Um, yeah. And I, I thought that it would happen in season three, I think, because, like, okay, so basically, I wasn't watching Stranger Things in real time. I didn't watch it until, honestly, earlier this year. I watched one through three. I finished season two, and I was about to start season three, and I 
feel like I remember texting you like I, I finished season two I'm about to start season three these are my theories and yeah. one of them was that she would have another encounter with Papa mm-hmm. and that did not happen in season three but it happened in season four so I was kind of right yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah I was not surprised but a little I guess I was a little bit surprised to see Papa there and like to figure out what this facility was that they were taking her to and stuff like that and then come to find out he's just like torturing her all over again like it's he's yeah. insane. well almost like let's let's get into this a little later when we get to the end of it but yeah. i kind of disagree on if he's torturing her because i think what i was surprised by is that dr owen was so because he was the one that was helping Hopper keep her under wraps, like yeah. keep her a secret. So what shocked me was that he was working with Papa. And I'm yeah. like, you want what's good for her. And I don't trust Papa, but I kind of trust you. I'm like, Hopper trusts you. It makes me trust you. So it kind of had me like, what are they doing? Like, what's the goal here? Right. And having finished the season... I kind of see. So like we let, let's get into that later once we cover kind of what else is going on in Hawkins and all that. And we can dive back into L. For sure. Um, for sure. Because okay. that what all happened with her is a big, uh, big yeah. deal, big, big spoiler towards the end, which obviously Ooh. this is a spoiler review. But OK, so let's jump back to Hawkins. We have yeah. Lucas, Dustin, Max, Steve, Robin, Nancy and a new character, Eddie. I love Eddie. Do you really? I do. I, I kind of like him. I wouldn't say I love him. Like, he just, like, he feels like a good vibe, like a good new character. Yeah. I was a little bit unsure about him when we were figuring out that he was, like, a super, super senior. <laughs> yeah. But the more, like, the more time went on and the more that we saw of him, the more I was like, oh, you're just, like, a goofy little kid that likes to smoke weed and play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then he just got wrapped up into a really shitty situation. Yeah, that was insane. Um, Yeah, like, episode one, we started seeing that that girl, Chrissy, right? That was her name. She was starting to see things, like, in the bathroom, like Max was starting to observe her come out of the counselor's office, not doing so well. Um, and that's kind of when we got the first introduction of like, kind of who's the villain this season, like what's going on. Right. Kind of a thing. And then she was going to buy some drugs from Eddie and by drugs, it's like weed. Right. I mean, like they're yeah. not doing anything crazy. Well, she did ask for something stronger, but... That's true. Well, okay, is it just me? Like, I was getting vibes from her that she was, like, pregnant and, like... (laughs) I don't know. I was getting, like, bulimic vibes because her mom kept making comments or, like, the visions that she was having of her mom, which was also... Uh, which we later come to find out is like Vecna slash Mind Flayer. Um, She was, like, having all these visions of her mom and she just kept saying, oh, look, you know, come try on your cheerleading uniform. I let it out an inch. And all these comments about her weight and her body. So I felt like she was bulimic. And then when she asked for something stronger, I guess I just felt like she wanted something either to lose weight or to just like forget. Like she was obviously depressed. Yeah. Well, because she was throwing up in the bathroom, right? And then she was crying. Yeah. So like I thought, and then, well, they were just hinting so much at her boyfriend who was on the basketball team. And so I was like, maybe she's pregnant. Like she was at the counselor's office. She's crying. 
And I'm like, is she trying to get drugs thinking that this is what's going to like kind of abort her baby? Uh, like it's the eighties. Maybe they don't really know what's going on. Gotcha. Those were the vibes I was getting until like, obviously we started seeing more of Vecna and her like visions and stuff. And then the ultimate, like her dying right. situation, which right. let's get into the gore and oh, all that. This season. The season was insane. Like, you know, I don't like scary things. And I'm not saying the season was scary, but it was it was up there. Like, it was a it was step pretty, up from the other seasons. Yeah, very demonic, very creepy, very in-your-face gory. But, like, I liked it. I'm sure you did. I liked it a lot. But because, like, I don't, like, I don't love scary things. I can appreciate them. I just think they did this in a very cool, like, good way. Like, I feel like the editing all that was phenomenal also sidebar like the sound like the the uh foley and everything in this this season yeah like where they would flip a switch or turn on a lighter and it was just so like i don't know if it's just because i was listening to it with headphones on but like it was so prominent every little detail yeah, it yeah. was very, like, distorted and very, like, the clock chiming and everything was very much setting the tone. Yes, it was just so good. The Duffer Brothers did phenomenal this season, like, directing, editing, sound mixing. It was so, it was so good. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, we got to see Vecna, who was the villain this season. And what'd you think? What'd you think of him? Um, I mean, I thought that he was like another weird thing from the upside down. And then again, they're like tying it to um like the Dungeons and Dragons. Like they used the same I don't know if they just like named him that because they were playing Hellfire. Um, but I I think it's cute that they like connect it like that. Um he was ugly, he was gross and like Yeah, he was creepy slimy creepy but then he had like this weird belly with like these weird little legs and just like he was just weird looking um and then he would like talk to them which was pretty creepy and then like distort their vision so like when her mom chrissy's mom like turned into vecna like that whole distortion was was pretty creepy yeah yeah i i thought it was um interesting like you can kind of tell like that's how they got Eddie to kind of believe them that they know what's going on is because Eddie's such a dungeon and, and dragons kind of guy. Um, so they got Eddie kind of to believe them that they got Eddie to believe them that they believe him because right. of the whole dungeons and dragons upside down connection that they have with all these, all this like shit they've been going through for years. And then it was pretty clear that, Vecna was targeting people that like felt guilty or had hurt somebody because they got Chrissy, which did we ever find out what Chrissy did? Like what she was guilty of, who she hurt? I don't know. Um because with the newspaper guy, like the like Nancy's assistant, he got in a car accident and like killed like people died or whatever. Right. And then with Max, it was like about Billy. Billy, yeah. And so that was pretty clear. But when they did the reveal that Max was the next target, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, this is so good. Because like, I didn't, I honestly didn't see it coming. Like, yeah. it took me 
so much, so much by surprise. And then Max's whole story, like, you know this about me. I'm not the first, like, I'm not the number one Max fan. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, like, what did you think of this season and like how many scenes were, you know, about her? Phenomenal. I, I, this, yeah, she did great. Her storyline was great. I just like, I guess I just didn't love how she was so like high and mighty in season three. Like she really got on my nerves. Yeah. I think that like her coming in and then kind of just, I mean, the boys like invited her, but then very soon after she just sort of assumed that she was part of the group. And then um, I didn't love her and Lucas's relationship, but then in this season, I was like, Max, can you please just talk to Lucas? Like, he's right there. And, like, I was totally rooting for her. I loved the way that she, like, you know, was still so headstrong and, like, wanted to help everybody figure it out and solve it. And then, you know, she I probably would have done the same thing. I probably would have, like, written letters and tried to do what I could, try to say what I could while I still could, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree. I was like, if you just talk to them, like they, you know, can can relate on some aspect, you know, but I think she was just so overridden with guilt and weird grief, like for Billy, because she didn't really like him, but she was really devastated when he died. You know, it was a whole like love hate relationship kind of a thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching her read that letter at his Oh, I know. Well, let's talk about that episode. So that episode was called Dear Billy, and that episode was so freaking good. Yeah. Talk about an emotional roller coaster, though. I know. So good. But, like, that whole scene at the, the grave and then when they went over to her because she was in Vecna's, like, trance thing, and then she's down in the Upside Down, and she's seen... Like, all this, this, like, like, the upside down kind of distorted in a way. And then, like, she, like, gets raised up into the sky. Like, that shot, I was like, yeah. this is beautiful. I was uh. like, this is so good. But then, like, we're simultaneously seeing Nancy and Robin at, like, the mental institution and talking to Victor Creel and, like, trying to figure all this out and then running to the car and Max is in the air. And it's just, like, my heart – I was on the edge of my seat. My heart was beating so fast. It was so good. And then they, like, get each other on the walkie. That's another thing. The fact that this is in the 80s and they have to wait for them to copy on the walkie. Like I know. I know. We finally get it. And they're, like, music. And then they're sitting there trying to wait for her favorite song. I'm like, no, just play any song. <laughs> I saw this tweet and it was like, imagine dying because your friends couldn't pull up your favorite song right away. Like, <laughs> okay, but I also saw another tweet that was like, look, if I'm ever in Vecna's trance, just play WAP. That'll bring me right out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I know. And so they put that like headphones on her. And then the whole scene of her hearing the music, and then she's like, sees the little opening of reality and she's like running, running. and they, the flashbacks. I was yeah. fully, I literally started tearing up because I was convinced she was about to die. Like, because I was like, of course, it's season four. Sure, there will be a main character death. Checks out. Right, right. And I just didn't know. I hadn't seen any spoilers for this season. I didn't know what was coming. And I was just convinced that she was going to die. But obviously, when she didn't, I was so, like happy seeing all those fun like memories and loving memories that she had with her friends and all that and yeah it was I just it was, was beautiful 
I like didn't necessarily think that she was gonna die, but I also got emotional at that scene. Not because I thought she was going to die, but because, like, I thought it was so beautiful the way that those were the memories that she chose either to replay before she died or to, like, bring herself out of the trance. Like, yeah. I think she was, like, and that's what I mean when I said that, like, I enjoyed seeing how headstrong she was, like, trying to fight the whole thing, is that she literally mentally fought Vecna in her own mind space and then in his and then use the beautiful memories of her life to be like, no, these are the good things. This is the life that I want to come back to. This is the life that I want to fight for. These are the people that I want to come Ugh. back to. Like, it was – I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That that freaking episode was so good. And then, again, the editing. They cut to black. And then you're like, oh. is it over? What's going on? And then she, like, wakes up. And then they're Falls all into hugging her. arms and, like, oh. Oh. I know, I know. But like as much as I don't care for Max and Lucas, like that this season just him kind of giving her her space. Uh, yeah. But I still showing her that he cared for her and like will listen to her when she's ready to talk was so beautiful. I'm like yeah. yes, like just see that these people are here for you and they understand. Yeah. Was... And I think like similar to Mike and L, I'm I like I'm rooting for Max and Lucas in the sense of like they're growing up and like having more adult conversations and like obviously they've been through so much shit like you know you got to talk about it and yeah you know. I agree well so we touched a little on Robin and Nancy were at the like psych yeah, let's go back thing because I I thought it was really interesting when like at the trailer park when Eddie's uncle was talking to Robin or not to Robin to Nancy about um, Victor, what was his name? Victor Creel. Creel, yeah. And how he did it and basically explained like it's such a similar murder. And I remember hearing that and I'm like, eh, I kind of like brushed it off. Mm. And then when when Nancy kind of stuck to it and really did her research, I thought it it was so interesting kind of diving into his storyline and then and then figuring out how he's the only person that was able to escape it through the music and whatnot. Right. Um so yeah that that was very interesting to me. And then I also just love Nancy and Robin's like dynamic this season. <laughs> it's so good. I love when Robin was like, you know that me and Steve aren't a thing, right? And Nancy was like, okay. And she's like, just in case, like, that was causing any of the tension. Um, so well, yeah, because Nancy was acting real sus towards Robin. Yeah. And I'm well, like, yeah, I don't know. But I'm like, Nance, you're happily in love with Jonathan. Like, what do you care? I feel like it was partially like the Robin and Steve thing. And then I, it was also partially like Nancy's kind of hoity toity and was probably like, I've been fighting these Demogorgons and I've been part of this group and the upside down for all this time and you're new and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know, like, and you know, sometimes girls just like don't vibe. Yeah. Um, but then finally they were like, oh, are we officially friends? <laughs> I know. Um, but I, one of the things that I enjoy about this show is I, while I do have so many questions about this world and this plot, um, I also appreciate it when shows don't just give the characters the answer. So we got to watch Nancy and Robin like go to the library archives, figure it out. Okay, we're going to look further into this Victor Creel case. Oh, we're going to go see him at the mental institution. And they like actually had the conversations. We didn't just skip to them like having the answer. You yeah. know, I, I enjoy storylines like that. And then also, as I've said, like appreciating all the actors' performances this season, I like to 
break the fourth wall for myself and thinking about the actors and like the monologue that Robin goes on in the warden's office and just like she yeah. like, hysterically crying and is like, can I call you Arthur? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love Robin. So good. I love her. She's so good. Um, and I also just love like her and Steve are just besties. Like the best. Yeah. To the end. Um, I think like going off of how you said that they really take their time and figuring out all these specific details. I think that goes to show how long these episodes were. So long. But like marathon. Marathon. But like they kind of needed to be. Like it makes sense that they're an hour long. Absolutely. The fact that you can get me to sit there for, you know, not just an episode that's an hour and a half long, but three episodes that are an hour plus long. Yeah. Like I I will sit and watch anything when it the storytelling is quality enough that it calls for it. Right. Like it kept you intrigued the whole time to the point where like, I think going into the first episode, even I wasn't even aware it was an hour long. I just watched the whole thing and I was like, Oh shit, that was an hour. And then I started noticing as I clicked the next episode, how long each episode was. And I was like, these are all an hour. An hour and then 10, an hour 20, like uh, yeah. Hour 45, Whoa. like episode seven, you're doing the most <laughs> doing the most. Yeah. Um, so good. So Nancy and Steve, what so many the fuck is going on? I mean, I thought it was weird that like we saw from Jonathan's side, like he basically explicitly said, explained like, this is what's happening. And this is why we're not going to college together. But she doesn't know that. But then like Jonathan didn't go for spring break and like all this stuff. So, um, I think that Nancy was probably like salty at Jonathan for not coming Sure. And then, you know, Hawkins heartthrob Steve is right there. Like, who wouldn't have vibes with Steve? Yeah. It's just, it's not that, like, there's been all these Twitter polls of, like, are you team Steve or team Jonathan? Like, for Nancy. Okay. And I'm like, I voted on it, team Jonathan. But I, I'm a team Steve person. I love Steve. I just don't really want him with Nancy. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I'm like, why are we going down this path again? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> I mean, I get that it's like, it's kind of jokes that Steve's like this, you know, ladies man, because Dustin's always giving him shit for like going on date after date and Robin, like the whole conversation between Robin and Steve where she was like, I have a crush on this girl and I can't say it. Or like, I know what I want and I can't go for it or whatever. And Steve's out here going on dates and he doesn't know what he wants. I thought that was so funny, but um, I agree. I don't, well, like Nancy's not my favorite character in the first place. So like, like least favorite, I'll, I'd argue like she's my <laughs> least favorite. I just could care less. Like, I, I don't know, but I do like her and Jonathan together. I mean, I remember when we, when, their whole vibes like had started and I was like, just get together already. Oh my yeah, God. Like good vibes for sure. But back to Jonathan with not wanting to go to her college and he's using the excuse that his mom and will need him there. And I'm like, live your life, dude. Like you can't just be held back forever. Yeah. I'm like, Will's 14, 15. Like he doesn't need you to watch him. Like he got taken to the upside down. Like four years ago like he'll survive like i know it's chill all right um, so max comes down from her trance nancy and robin went to the mental hospital and now we're all back trying to figure out like 
I guess what's next? And like now they have a lot figured out. Dustin has figured out a lot and they still don't trust him, which I think is so funny. <laughs> I know Steve's always like, you need to get your ego in check. Like you need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the like, oh, like the basketball guys from the high school are still trying to find Eddie. Eddie. Speaking yeah. of which, did you recognize Mr. Varsity Basketball Boy? I don't think so. He was in Teen Wolf. Shut the fuck up. I'm not kidding. Um, He was in, I want to say it was season five with the benefactor. He was like with that girl (gasps) that had the necklace that we cut people's heads off. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Trippy. You're welcome for that. So yeah, the the, like basketball players are hunting down Eddie because they're like, you killed Chrissy, blah, 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 blah. And then... Their friend, uh, one of the other basketball players. The basketball players. Oh, yeah. So he had been getting, like, the Vecna clues, the clock. We were seeing that he was kind of next. Yeah. And so they had, like, Eddie and the basketball players all on, like, a boat. I don't know where they were going on the boat, but. Well, no, Eddie was, like, swimming. He was trying to run away. Right. Yeah. And then um, the other basketball player got out of the water, started getting the crackling of the bones kind of dying situation and clearly eddie wasn't doing it Eddie was there freaking out so yeah the other like basketball players started seeing the vecna stuff and jason and the rest of the basketball players are chasing down eddie in the water and then um the the guy starts kind of getting the vecna attack or whatever getting yeah yeah Yeah, crackle pop if you will (laughs) Snap, crackle, That's terrible. Um, it's so obvious that Eddie is not doing it. And so when I was watching that, I was like, okay, this clears the air. Obviously, right. Eddie didn't do this. But instead, Jason takes it upon himself to let the whole town know that Eddie is a harbor of Satan and runs this cult called Hellfire, which is just an innocent little Dungeons and Dragons team. <laughs> And has now set out a witch hunt for Eddie and every Hellfire member. And it's like, good lord. Honestly, from episode one, Jason gave me weird vibes because he was, like, at this pep rally doing all this literally, like, it felt like he was preaching at this pep rally about, like, all the loss that Hawkins has experienced. And we're going to go out and win this basketball game for them. And I was like, <laughs> your basketball game doesn't mean shit. Max just lost Billy. And all this shit just went down. Like, shut up. And then we see him at, like, the town hall and basically, like, rallying everybody to go hunting Eddie for the satanic cult club. And he's preaching again. And I'm like, why are all these adults listening to this 17-year-old boy that doesn't know nothing? Uh, it was just like, he was so annoying the whole season. And then he would like rile all the boys up and be like, we're going to go get him. And then Lucas was like, uh. <laughs> I know. He's like, we're not going to kill him. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing. It was a lot. He was really doing the most, Jason, this season. So much. It was, it was too much. Okay. Um, Before we like get further down the rest of the storyline in Hawkins, I want to jump back to everything that was going on with Hop and Joyce and Russia. Yes. Um, because there was a lot going on this season. We have California. We have Hawkins. We have the Upside Down. We have Russia. We have 
Um, we'll get to the Nina and like all this stuff. So yeah. let's talk about Hopper. I was so yeah. glad to see he was alive. I know. He was looking good this season too. Uh, With yeah. the buzz cut. I'm Whoa. like, hey daddy. Um, I know. And then Enzo. Love loving Enzo. I mean, I loved Enzo, but but before Enzo, because like I feel like that's not his real name. I like it's not, the, but the letter that Joyce received and the way that he signed it, Enzo, and all this stuff and, and was like hinting at their dinner date, and it was like oh! I know. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. And then we got to see Murray again. That's, Love him. Yeah, he's insane. He, he's such a good time though. Like <laughs> This is true. I love. They're on the plane to Alaska, and Joyce is like, "I, I couldn't get a hold of the kids." And he's like, "You know, they're probably like sexually experimenting. It's no big deal." I know. Well, like even before that, like at the dinner when Argyle was like at the dinner just eating, and, and him and Jonathan were clearly high out of their mind, and oh, he's like, "Seriously, who is this guy? Like, what's going on?" So also joyce could not have been more oblivious during that whole dinner oh scene God. of she, what was going on i mean i guess i would like to believe that she you know had her fun in her heyday but i guess not all parents yeah do. well and just like the whole timing of l going to jail and joyce just happens to get on a plane to alaska and like then russia it just could not have been worse like when you need a guardian and she's not there, like just a shitty situation. Yikes. But yeah, so she she goes to Alaska trying to pay the ransom for Hopper. And then, of course, the jackass screws them over. Yeah, that was not good. And then we and, see and- Murray like karate fighting in the plane. <laughs> and they have this grand scheme to like, I don't know trick them but then we see hopper like going through literal hell in this russian prison hurting himself and like torturing himself to get out and then we finally see him escape but then he got played and it was like just like also little hopper just so excited to see peanut butter like (laughs) (laughs) he just like slumps over in relief he's just like oh yeah and then the demogorgon is there yeah, why the Russians weird. are so interested in this Demogorgon, like... I just think it's weird that that's where they took it, because I'm pretty sure they took it from the mall in Hawkins. Well, wasn't there a portal? Like, wasn't the whole... That's how Hopper got to Russia? Like, it was a whole thing. Well, they're not like a portal, Bailey. I mean, what are you... Why are you looking at me like, that's crazy, there's a gate to an upside down, you don't think there's a portal to Russia? To Russia? No! <laughs> I was convinced it was a portal. I think that they kidnapped him and transported him there. All right. Well, they took the Demogorgon with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know how you transport a Demogorgon. <laughs> there is a fucking portal. You know what? I'll look it up after this episode, but I'm convinced there's a goddamn portal to Russia and I'm sticking to it. I can't that. <laughs> wait to find out that you're totally wrong. <laughs> being like it's a sci-fi show there's an upside down clearly there's a portal to russia yeah uh so funny but i just could not wait for the joyce hopper reunion i'm like give it to me and what did you think was it worth it was it everything you wanted no it wasn't (laughs) was it for you 
I guess not. It was just like a sweet little hug. I'm like, give me a kiss. Y'all haven't, you're in love with each other. Just kiss already. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking. Like seeing Hopper, like kind of when he was talking to Enzo in the jail about how he deserves this and how he doesn't deserve any happiness and, and how he's put everyone that gets close to him it's like sentenced to death and, and all this stuff. It was so sad. And then you could even see that in his face when he did get reunited with Joyce of like, like partially a sigh of relief that he saw her. Right. And then also, uh, he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for if me. If it wasn't for me. Exactly. Yeah, and then the, the guilty, like you're going to die. Why yeah. are you here? Kind of a thing. <sighs> and it was just so sad. I mean, yeah, the reunion was great. Did it meet my expectations? No, but there's still time. We have two more episodes. I know, but like um, when she was just looking at him, and I'm like, yes, kiss, kiss. I, honestly, I don't think. No, I was just gonna say I don't think I registered their height difference until they hugged. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little thing. She's very small. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I did enjoy, well, two things was like, I really enjoyed seeing more of Hopper's backstory with his wife and his daughter and everything that, like, I didn't know all that stuff about him, um, in the military with the yeah. napalm and all that stuff. So, um, well, cause we knew about the wife and the daughter from earlier we, seasons, right? We yeah. Did, we didn't know all the details about yeah. like fertility and things like that. So, um, I thought that was an interesting insight. And then in terms of his reunion with Joyce, one thing that I did enjoy seeing was that like, okay, in season three, he was kind of, not kind of, he was pursuing her and was like asking her to end this and all this stuff. And she was kind of hesitant. I think that we knew that she liked him, but she wasn't ready to go all in. And then in that reunion scene, we saw so much more emotion from her than we did from him that that kind of like sealed the deal on her side of things yeah um which was really cool yeah i would agree um i'm really interested to see kind of where that the whole russia crew storyline is gonna go like how are they gonna get out of the prison like how are they gonna get back what's going on with that um but it was it was as much as these first seven episodes, obviously knowing that there are two more left in volume two and knowing that we're probably not going to get like a full wrap up of a lot of the storylines. It was nice getting that sort of kind of closure on that storyline of like, okay, Hopper and Joyce are together. Like we got that reunion at least like, yeah. We probably didn't get much else, but we got that, and that made me happy. I was like, thank God. Yeah, I think we were missing a lot from the ending, and I think that it's... I don't know why they did it in these two parts and why, like, we got seven episodes and then two, but I have so many questions, and I have so many expectations for those two episodes, like... (laughs) I know. Okay, so let's get into basically that final episode. Okay. Well, before we before we really get into the ending, should we go back to eleven and the Nina, the Nina project? Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Because that'll lead into kind of the the big ending of right. episode seven. Um. Did your heart break the way mine did when we saw that they cut her hair? Um. Okay. Well, here's my thing. Did they cut her hair? Because. Yeah. 
Are you sure? Because we see R11 in present day with the little, the white, like, cap on her head. She's floating in a tub. Yeah, but and we then, also see her in her room with the white suit, like, hanging out in real time with her hair cut. Oh. And not the room in the Hawkins lab. It's the room in the IMBC or whatever it's called. Oh, okay. Because like, I was... I was like in her little visions that she's having, I thought they were just trying to recreate how she looked when she was that age, when this whole memory went down. So I was, I don't know if I was just trying to convince myself they didn't cut her hair. Yeah. But... I thought it was that too. But then I started piecing together all of the scenes that we were seeing that were supposed to be in real time, which was like her in the room, like I said, with the suit hanging up and then also her running away and running towards the elevators and the security, like stopping her. That all was like in the IMBC facility, not in the Hawkins lab from the visions. Right, right. Okay. Well then yeah, I'm I'm really sad about it. Like I it did make me sad, but at the same time it kind of made me really nostalgic. Like it kind of made me a little happy of like, oh like it's eleven, you know? Like yeah. but yeah, it is really sad. But also it kind of I'm such Look, I'm such a Mike and Eleven girly. Like, I can't. I can Are just imagine thinking about him seeing her with the short hair. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And I can just see him looking at her and then, like, kind of touching her face and being uh, like, "Pretty, like you're so pretty." From back to when they were just little babies, and I just, I love it. That's yeah, that's what I thought about. But, but no, it, I mean, it just, it did it. It brought back such nostalgic feelings because I know you watched Stranger Things so recently, but like I watched it so long ago and it just really like brought back the, like why you fell in love with this show and this character. And it was just, yeah. it was, it was really cool to see how they, how they did that. And yeah. then back in the Hawkins lab and, and all that. Um, yeah. We learned a lot about, you know, kind of the experiments and, um what happened to her when she was in there and then how she escaped and all that yeah it so back to our discussion of how you said papa was like torturing her and how i said i disagree okay why do you disagree so i disagree because i back to what he said like the whole point of the nina project and why it's called that is because nina what what was the story she like her husband died or she killed her husband or something and she kind of blocked it out of her memory but kept going to that train station thinking that her husband would show up or whatever it was right, so right. it was something along those lines and how basically when traumatizing things happen to you you completely block them out and like uh, suppress them and everything and i think that in a way yes Papa was torturing her because he could have just told her what happened. But I think, again, the whole point of why uh, Dr. Owens is his name, right? Dr. Brenner. Dr. Brenner. Well, no, what's the other guy's name? The agent. Oh, yeah, Dr. Owens. Yeah. He brought her there to basically help Elle get her powers back. And so that's what Papa was doing. Basically, like, the whole, the whole situation that she blocked out is when Elle got her strong, like her strongest is when she figured out how to use her powers and how she realized like basically how to use them. Like she learned use a memory that is sad 
and also makes you angry and that's how you can get your powers so like was it torturing yes but at the same time i think it it helped her grow like she had to figure out how to bring her powers back and i think this is really really gonna help her yeah i agree i don't think he was torturing her without purpose but i think that the process that they went through was torture um and you know yep what I, I like to think that in some perfect world, there was another way that they could have done it where to put her in a situation where she thought that she was, you know, in harm's way and she had to fight and figure it out again. Naturally, sure, maybe. I get it, though. Like, the memory, you know, coming back up is is how it would go, I guess. Yeah. But I think, too, like, like you said, I don't think there was any other way they could have gotten her to figure out how to bring her powers back without showing her how she's done it in the past. Not to mention that I think it was episode one or two, maybe that Elle was obviously having these flashbacks of that time with the blood. And then you saw Papa come in and saying, what did you do? Like, what did you do? And then of course it, I think it was around the time that Mike was saying the same thing to her when she hit uh, Angela with the skate. And so I think also it helped her realize that she didn't do it. Like it wasn't her that basically killed every member in the Hawkins lab, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I I was also glad to see that that wasn't her. (laughs) Yeah. I was a little, I was a little nervous, but getting that, getting that wrapped up made me really, made me really happy. Yeah. So that, That'll, I guess that leads into the that final episode and uh, how we wrap up. Is. I really enjoyed the way that this story unfolded in the last episode. I thought that it was really well done, um, especially when we got to see like, so let's jump back to Hawkins for a second. So they're figuring out that, well, first, um, Nancy, Steve, Steve goes in first. Steve goes into the Watergate first. And then Nancy, Robin, and Eddie follow him through. They're in the upside down trying to figure it out. They make contact with Dustin. And then they um, are they go back through the gate and they're trying to come out. But then Nancy goes back in. Vecna takes over. Vecna takes over. And that's when we're kind of connected back to what's happening with Elle, where she learns that number one is... Vecna and also Victor Creel's son. But okay, okay. Let's yeah, let's get into that. Okay. Dude. (laughs) The way they revealed that, are you kidding me? Oh my god. Perfection. Like, whoa. I was not ready for any of it. Like, I didn't know what was happening next at any point. I didn't see that coming at all. Well, also, is Steve dying? Like, what is happening with him? Because he's got those, like, flesh bites from being in the Upside Down. Right. I need him not to die. That's just a sidebar on this whole Upside Down well, I feel like we don't really know. Like, I feel like we didn't really get a resolution on where Steve is. Because, I w- like, he was still in the Upside Down. He never went back through it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't see any of that. So, I'm, I'm worried about that. But, okay, back to Nancy. Yes. So, Vecna's got her under control because she's got this guilt for Barb. Let's bring Barb back up. It's been like oh four my seasons. God. Well, that was interesting because we thought that Barb died via Demogorgon. Yeah. And well, it turned out to be Vecna. Was it? I think that Vecna was just showing her 
why she felt guilty. Kind of the same way that he was showing her reporter friend the car crash over and over again. I thought Vecna was... The way that Vecna was, like, kind of talking about Barb just made it sound like he killed her. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was just... Because he did the same thing with Max about showing her Billy again. I think it's like he just shows you kind of how... Yeah, because Nancy, like, carries that with her. Yeah, because Vecna was explaining and won, like, during the storytelling, how when he started it with Victor, like, in his family, he was showing him their demons and their worst, like, who they are. He was showing them their mirror. He was being their mirror, like, the reflection of all the bad things they've done. So I think that's just, like, what he does before he kills them, basically showing, like, this is why you're dying because you're a horrible person kind of a thing. Right, and then he says that line that's like, your suffering is almost over. Yeah. But that whole, just, you see Elle kind of starting to figure it out, and you see one talking to her and telling her this story, and then you see Nancy walking through the story, and I, as I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, are you the son? And I'm like, oh my God, he's the son. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so trippy. I'm like, what yeah. the hell? It was so interesting the way that we were perceiving it because obviously they were using like the same um, dialogue. So it was like one through script, but they were flipping the scene. So as audience members, we're seeing so much more. But to Elle, it's like, oh, number one is basically just telling us you know, who he was as a kid and how he came to be in this facility and experimented on as number one. And then on the flip side of that, we're seeing Vecna tell Nancy his <laughs> villain origin story, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, And how that came to be. But we're seeing it side by side to the point where we as audience members know that Victor Creel's son is Vecna is number one. So like, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Not to mention every scene that we saw that Vecna was showing us about the story, he was showing Nancy. We saw through Victor Creel's story when he was explaining when all these the shit was happening. Yeah. And you just I wonder if we go back and watch when Victor was telling the story, if we look at the sun, if we see his eyes moving and see his nose bleeding and kind of that stuff. If we had got those hints beforehand and just didn't catch it. That's a great point because he did say that his mom know his mom knew that the shit that was going on was him, but I'm not sure that I don't think the dad knew based on the way that he was telling the story. But that's an interesting point to see, like if the scenes themselves showed more, like if they had those Easter eggs in there before, because it was essentially the same scenes that we were seeing just from a different point of view. Like we were seeing them from number one's perspective rather than the dad. Yeah. Yeah. But it freaking blew my mind. I did not see that coming yeah. whatsoever. And then Dustin, Dusty Bun, comes Dusty in Bun. And, and he makes the connection of like uh, Mind Flayer, Demogorgon, Vecna, and how they're all kind of like tying back to the, ma- the Mind Flayer, which I oh, still yeah. don't understand some of that, but it's fine. But basically, like Vecna is part of the Upside Down. And the Mind Flayer uses Vecna to get into people's minds. Yeah. Well, and not to mention that every time Vecna killed someone, it opened a new gate. Which okay, so 
yeah, that was an interesting thing that we learned about how and when and where the gates appear. Yeah. And so let's get into that. So when Elle defeated number one, when she was like eight, I don't even know how old she was. She was a little baby. Yeah. And so she defeated, that opened the very first gate that created the upside down. But do you think that like, okay, wait, so did 11 killing number one, like, was he already Vecna at that point or was no? Okay, so she just kills somebody and she opens a gate. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't even... I could argue that she didn't just open the gate. I could argue that she created the Upside Down when that happened. Oh, so what about Dustin's theory that it's been there for millions of years? Mm, okay, could could be. Well, I guess I don't know. I guess I don't know. I'm just Maybe. saying theory. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, because that... That gate in the Hawkins lab is the first gate. That's when the de- that's where the Demogorgons in season one came out. Yeah, I mean, I think that also begs the question of like, okay, has the Upside Down been there for the longest time? You know, and then also, does every city have an Upside Down, or is it just Hawkins because of all this like experimental shit they got going on? Yeah. Well, and also, Nancy said that whole thing along the lines of when she was in the upside when they were in the upside down and she went to her room that it was the the day that will went missing and that it had stopped is that also the day that l opened that gate no oh i don't know i i don't know could could be i'd have to rewatch season 1 i don't remember when exactly l escaped from the hawkins lab right like l escaping versus will going missing right it could have been very much along the same timeline. That would be really interesting then if that's, if you're thinking that along the lines of like, that is when the upside down was created, but then time hasn't moved at all in the upside down. So like it was created in that moment and everything that was there is there and nothing has grown or moved since then. Yeah. Interesting. So I I don't know, but that that was by far the coolest thing I've seen the show do in a really long time. Tie that whole storyline of one into Vecna and and all that. It it freaking blew my mind. And then they cut to the scene of Vecna in present time talking to Nancy and they go to his arm and they show the zero zero one. And so you get the confirmation that it is one. Yeah. Okay. But real quick, whenever one was telling the story about how Papa was trying to recreate him and make different versions of him, was he insinuating that Papa was using his sperm to make a bunch of babies all over the world? Oh my God. I didn't think that. I thought that. Like, how else did he do it? I don't know. Like, how else could he confirm that these babies would have magical mind powers? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so either, but it crossed my mind, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would like to not think so, but I know it, the- in my head. <laughs> The whole time he was telling Elle that story, I just wanted her to look at him and be like, are you my papa? 
Honestly, though, I was kind of like salty that she even went back to calling him Papa because like she was calling Jim Hopper like she's calling him her dad. Yeah. But anyways, um, I don't know. I, I guess I thought that they were doing some like blood experiment and like brain experiment. I don't know. Girl, I don't know. Apparently yeah. anything the show is possible. <laughs> I know. So we didn't get clarification on what's going on with Nancy. I'm just like, why isn't Steve just looking at Dustin being like, throw me the headphones real quick and just right. put him, well, put him on Nancy? It doesn't come back at all. So we see Robin and Eddie go through the gate. They go back to Hawkins. And then Nancy and Steve are in the upside down. Nancy's in the trance. And then, you know, we learn all this stuff about Vecna. And we never cut back to... You know, did Steve go back through the gate without Nancy? Did, is he trying to get her out of the trance still? Are they both still in the upside down? And then there's a lot of stuff that we never came back to see. Like, where is Will and Mike and Jonathan? Like, they were last seen at Susie's house, like, in episode six. Like, Yeah, I mean, the last thing we saw of them is that Susie was able to get the um, uh, longitude and latitude of, like, the location of where Elle is. Like, where the Nina project is. Right, so they're going to so go find her. Yeah, so I'm hoping in the final two episodes that they go and find Elle and kind of get a reunion there. But right. yeah, that's the last we saw of them. I honestly don't think they were much needed in the last episode of like clearly, you know, they're just driving to Nevada or wherever they're Yeah, going. no, we, we definitely didn't have time because it would have been a full rescue situation at the Right, Nevada. yeah. So, but basically, like clearly Elle has kind of finally figured out the truth is figuring out how to get her powers back, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then Steve and Nancy are still in the upside down. Steve will not leave without Nancy. He's so in no, love with her. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it was major cliffhanger, but at the same time, it, it was pretty satisfying of an of an ending. Like for to, you know, we don't have to wait that long for volume two. So volume two comes out July 1st. So it's not too far away. It was a good, like, teaser. Like, oh, here's the first seven uh -huh. episodes. Just you wait for the final two. Um, also, so shout I out to Netflix for releasing this, like, Memorial Day weekend and Fourth of July weekend. Like, they know we're not doing anything else on a holiday weekend than watching Stranger Things. <laughs> I know. Although, I was kind of, yeah. Well, they released season three on the Fourth of July, like, literally on the Fourth of July. And I was not able to watch it because I party on the Fourth of July. I'm That's like... True. Why, like, spoiler central that weekend, but yeah, so I did look into the last two episodes. So, episode eight is an hour and 25 minutes long. Okay, another long one. Get ready for this episode nine, two hours and 30 <gasps> minutes. Okay, <laughs> it's a goddamn movie. <laughs> it's a full movie. That is not episode nine, that is a film. Yeah, that is Stranger Things, the movie. <laughs> Okay, but, like, I need it because I have so many questions. I have so many what the fucks, and I have so many answers I need to know. And, yeah, a solid, you know, almost four hours between episodes eight and nine. I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take it. What I can get. I'm so excited. I say we have a watch party for it. Um, yeah. Down. But I will say I'm very satisfied with knowing that not this season, but season five of Stranger Things is the final season. Yeah. So they're kind of wrapping up the show. I'm very satisfied where things are going in season four of tying back into one, two, and three 
especially with this whole the first gate opening seeing how this whole thing started yeah like we 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 do have more questions but we also learned so much more we did time. yeah like this answered so much about l and how she is related to this whole upside down situation yeah and and everything um but yeah we have a lot of a lot of things to tie up in these last two episodes, which clearly by the, knowing their time frame, I think they will be able to do it. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I really, really, really enjoyed this season. Yeah, it was a really good one. I binged it. I wanted to finish it. It was really good. And then the last episode was so long and I can't wait for these next two. So I'm really excited. I mean, I would say it's probably my favorite season so far. Like, would you agree? What do you think? Sure. Yeah. I, I feel like they got better each season. Like when I was watching it earlier this year, it was like, okay, I like two better than one. Oh, okay. I like three better, three than, better two. than two. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I really like season four. It's just, it's, it's so good. It's ridiculous. Like it kind of makes me angry how good it is, you know, it's just like. But I also like, I, I do appreciate it when shows think ahead and they're like, okay, season five is going to be our last season. We're going to do it right. We're not going to yeah. extend it. And you know, do all this crazy stuff and, you know, we'll see how the, the timing works out if it's going to be another like year gap or so between seasons. But um, yeah, I mean, it's so clear that they had a, a plan for the show each season of where the storyline was going and where it was going to wrap up. Like it's it. I love when shows do that when they have a set time frame of how long it's going to go. And they leave those Easter eggs throughout each season to kind of bring it back together. Yeah. One of it it's really well done. I by mean. far one of the best shows on on TV, on Netflix in general. So I saw a tweet earlier today that's like, what's Netflix gonna do? Like what what's Netflix gonna do when Stranger Things ends? Like they're gonna, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna need a new top TV show. <laughs> like I'm I'm so excited. All right. Well, that was our full spoiler review on Stranger Things. We enjoyed it. And apologies to Winona Ryder. We read on the time. <laughs> what an icon. How dare we just like leave yeah, her out of this episode? So classic, but we'll make time for her. <laughs> we got to get you back from Russia and then maybe it'll, <laughs> maybe it'll happen. You can bring David Arbor with you. Yes. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We are at subtitles on or off podcast and we are on Twitter at S O O O podcast. And we will see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.